You're listening to a Westpac Wire podcast, westpacwire.com.au. So as we move on, our next topic is taking the leap, what a career in technology really means. So if you can put your hands together as we welcome to the stage, Catherine McConnell, CEO and founder of Bright, a leading Australian fintech startup that provides a marketplace for on-the-spot finance for home energy improvements. Please welcome Catherine. And Mairead O'Donovan, Head of Growth at Lassian. Mairead has spent the past 10 years bringing great ideas to the market in the software industry, most recently focusing on how to help teams collaborate more effectively. Mairead, thank you very much as well. Welcome. Catherine, tell us a little bit about your business, Bright, and how you started it, because you've been going two and a half years. That's right. What's your path been? How did you how did you get going? Okay, I can tell you what what Bright is and what it does. Um, so what we do is we make it easier for people to buy solar batteries and home improvements. And so how we do that is we've created a tech and credit platform. And what that tech and credit platform does, it actually doesn't work directly with the consumer or the homeowner. It actually is a B2B2C business. So the tools that we've created make it easier for the people that sell solar batteries and home improvements. It makes it easier for the people that sell these products to be able to close the sale and at the point of sale, offer a solution that, that, that helps people buy that product and it removes the barriers of the upfront cost. So some of the products that we have are like a zero percent interest payment plan. Uh, we have a personal loan, and so these these vendors at the point of sale, in a matter of minutes, they can actually take a finance application, um, and the customer can get instant approval. Um, so we offer um, finance for, for purchases up to thirty thousand dollars. So think of someone buying solar; it's about fifteen thousand dollars at the point of sale. It's too big for a credit card. You know, they know if they get it, it's going to save them a thousand dollars a year but just that upfront cost is a really big barrier so bright's platform uh, provides a way for the business to close the sale for the customer to get the solar today Um, and so that's that's what we do but how did you get from naught to 100 how do you get to the moment when you see a gap you see something that needs doing in the marketplace and you actually start it. it that's crazy. I still don't know how it happened. <laughs> it's a bit like um, having uh, children, I guess. I don't know. They're there and I love them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that happened either. <laughs> I don't want to think about it. But um, it's it's the business. I had a really – Lauren knows. <laughs> um, I, I had um, really deep experience in banking. So investment banking, I'd been at Macquarie Bank for 14 years. I'd been an economist for a few years. So I, I knew a lot about asset finance and um, whilst I was at Macquarie, I'd actually developed products, um, commercial finance and consumer finance products that helped people buy solar. Um, And so I identified that things weren't working right and there were some ways that you could make it faster and easier um, for businesses to close the sale and for people to buy solar. And it wasn't until I personally bought some solar and batteries in 2015 that I actually, um, it was, that's what prompted the, the gut feel or the instinct that um, this opportunity was going to be huge and the problem was really real and really painful. Um, and so it was this this combination of really deep technical expertise and then this emotional feeling of actually, I can do this. Mm. You know, I, I have what it takes. I know the problem. Um, and so, yes, it, it was that moment of craziness where I jumped off the edge and, you know, took that leap. Don't know how because I'm not a crazy person. I'm <gasps> quite rational. But, um, you know, it's the best thing that I've ever done. Yeah. 
Sometimes you've got to take a leap. Gut instinct was the word I took out of that, Yeah, which is, um, yeah, you've got to go with it, don't you? Mairead, tell us a little bit about you and Atlassian. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people in the room that would know about it, but, but a little bit more information about what you do and, and how you got to where you are. Uh, sure. Um, so Atlassian started probably in 2002 by Scott Farquhar and uh, Mike Cannonbrook. It was here in CBD um, in a probably a dilapidated um, building, like in uh, almost the equivalent of Silicon Valley, you know, starting in a garage. And um, so what Atlassian does is very much like we start at the super simple, like creating boards um, in order for you to plan your vacation, plan a party into a collaboration tool, which is like akin to Google Docs. And it's all about allowing people to collaborate real time on a page. And then to the super complex, which is really about the uh, tech teams being able to manage your project and manage your um, your uh, different issues and bugs and work items and stuff like that. So that's sort of what Atlassian does. How I got into um, Atlassian or the, the growth role was really around um, like very much uh, my role is to look at how do we grow our cloud platforms. So I very much look at hey, how, uh, the data, where User, what users are doing, uh, looking at their user patterns, and um, and then sort of figure out what are ways I can help them and uh, users to be more successful, come back month over month, and then sort of grow the our overall cloud business. Cool. Everyone get that? Right. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> it's a very complex business. <laughs> it is. It is. And so, how like how I got into technology, um, into or into this space is it, it's interesting. Like I never, when I was growing up, I never, I never like uh, I never wanted to be, or I never thought about being a computer scientist. It just the awareness just was never there. Like um, very much for me, um, similar to Catcher, and like very logical, very rational. Like love maths, love statistics. And I pretty much steered my career around, hey, what problems can I solve? And when you think of the tech industry, it's it, like all, it's very much about what, what uh, world problems you can solve through technology. And so, like, I, I, I totally relate to Catherine. Like, you know, it's sort of you see this problem, you want to go after it. How can technology help you to solve that? And that's sort of where most people in technology, like where we come from, we're really about like uh, looking looking at customers, looking at problems, and then trying our best to solve it uh, through technology. Sometimes we get it right. Um, sometimes we don't. Um, but it's, it's very much uh, focusing on that side of, uh, side of things. But that's really gutsy. I mean, if we're talking about taking the leap, then I guess it's just how do you know when, Catherine, the time is right, you've got the right people around you, who do you ask? Who do you reach out to when um, Edwina was talking a little bit earlier and Craig and saying that it's, you know, pr traditionally been a fairly male-dominated field, which can be quite intimidating for a woman a lot of the time. So how do you get to that point where you go, okay, this is it. I'm going to go for it. I'm, I'm giving it everything. Okay. Um, you know, before I resigned from Macquarie, I did a lot of work. 
Um, so, you know, 3.30 in the morning till 6 o'clock when the kids woke up, I was up every day. And, um, and I was putting my ideas onto paper and just thinking about, um, you know, what is this opportunity? And, and I did that for months and months and months. And um, so I had done the hard work. And I think what Macquarie had taught me was, um, you know, Macquarie, Macquarie is the millionaire's factory. You, you, you're taught how to make money. And so what I was schooled in for 14 years was I was schooled in um, if you can spot an idea, how do you prove that that's going to make money? And then, you know, how do you effectively set that up and run with it? And and, and that's what I'd been taught. So when I had this idea, um, I, I couldn't, um, actually couldn't do it at Macquarie. Um, and it was something that I thought was really real. So I started putting the work into it just, just on my own. And, um, and so I had worked it to a point where there was no more work I could do. There was no more analysis that I could do. It was you know, I was very, very confident it was going to happen. So, you know, for me, it was that leap. Once I took that leap, it was about the people around me. Mm-hmm. As a sole founder, um, you know, I, I we refinanced the home. We took the kids out of private school. We stopped the cleaner. We did every – our life had huge changes. So we put about a million dollars um, into the business to get it started, and that was off the home loan. So, um, so it was a really real risk. So I think that's the next big thing. I had a lot at stake to make this work and that meant that this was going to work there was no um maybe this was you know I had my eyes on the prize and so um and so I was really backing myself up at that point and my I was really lucky my husband and my young kids were backing me up and going mum you can do it and (laughs) there's a lot of um you don't some people don't take you seriously in that first year where you're building stuff and you know I'm starting a a business and everyone goes oh you think you're going to be the next Atlassian you know (laughs) yeah yeah, you're a dreamer so and and it was that year where that's what's really hard you've really just got to you know I just kind of hid to be honest I kind of hid and worked and just um just kept going and and so um for me then it's been about the team um so I didn't have the tech background and I had to get the right team around me um and and uh, you know that's that's the biggest thing that you have to get right so once I got the team together um the next thing that made it successful was getting the right backers on board and so one of the great you know things we have in common is um you know Mike Kennan Brooks came on um, before I started writing my first loan. So he actually took this huge risk on me, um, you know, and he really backed me that that I'd put enough um, thought into it. I had skin in the game and, um, you know, so so getting the right backers that believe in you, um, for me then it's just been about hard hard work. But I think there's that combination. You've really got to get, get that hard work, that gut instinct, take the risk, get the team, get the backers and just keep going. Good on That's you. it. <laughs> That's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah good on you. So good. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing I don't know about you. My, my saying is always, I always say to myself, what's the worst that can happen? But uh, yeah, when you've, you've uh, yeah, you lose the your house home. and <laughs> lose your home told the kids, and the kids that they're changing school, that, there's, a lot, there's a lot of skin in the game, but that's pretty ballsy, so good on you. Um, but Mairead, we were talking about, the, uh, Catherine mentioned having a team and that's so important. Tell me what you would see as far as the importance of leadership, both being a leader and also having a leader or having leaders around you that you can draw upon because they don't necessarily have to have the title of leader, do they? 
Correct. Yeah. I mean, I, I would echo again what Catherine's saying. It's like you need to have a great uh, team around you. And then it's like um, you need to create an environment for that team to be successful. Like you need to be super clear about um, what are the expectations? Like, why do you exist? Like, what does success look like? And then um, like and then there's all the softer skills around uh, a team as well. Like um, I know in Atlassian, we really appreciate um, openness, transparency, um, collaboration. Uh, it's very, and it's even in our values. Like there's no, we try to like, we want to make sure that there's no political, um, no one's having hidden agendas or anything like that. Um, the other thing um, that we do in Atlassian or, and I do, especially in my team is like diversity of thoughts. You're building products for a wide range of uh, customers and you need to have a diverse set of opinions in order to um, bring the best idea to the table. I know for me, my job is not to uh, create the best idea. My job is to make sure that the best idea succeeds in that team environment. And so you really, you, everyone has that voice at the table. You just need to uh, make sure that people come in and uh, to work every day and they have the best environment to do the best work of their life. Fantastic. And don't you find as you get older, you actually recognize that your voice counts. It's different to somebody else's, but it all adds up and contributes to the team. So yeah, fantastic. I'm just going to check the iPad. I've got to put my eyes on now because you can tell that, you know. Um, I love this one. So there's um, Anita. What are your thoughts on how we, where's Anita? Is Anita in here? Miss Anita, she's being all shy. Did I call you out over there? Fantastic, up the back. Okay, this is from Anita. And either of you or both, if you want to answer this one, um, what are your thoughts on how we inspire women to have the confidence to become female founders, especially as they enter motherhood? We know female founders and female-led startups are more profitable and successful. Yeah, here, here. Um, so it's about how do you have the confidence to do it, especially if you've got family? I can, I'm really yeah, I can give a few, a few thoughts on that. So I've got an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old. Um, and so I look back to, you know, when I had them, I worked for about seven years um, part-time um, during that time when I had the kids. Um, I remember they were really, it was a really difficult time for me. Um, I felt that um, a lot of career opportunities passed me by because I wasn't taken seriously. Um, and, and for me, that was really, really tough, you know. Um, but, you know, now I look back, the learnings that I had there were some of the best learnings in my life. So I think motherhood, you know, moving into motherhood, it's it's a really interesting time for females. Um, one of the things it did was it um, taught me to trust my gut instincts. And that was a time where I really um, had the opportunity, you know, I'm at home with these kids and I'd never done it before. And you, you learn to, you know, understand what that cry means and you learn to understand, actually take them to the doctor, they're really sick. And you learn to really trust, well, I'm not going to believe what that doctors telling me that's something bigger and so for me um, it was a, an amazing opportunity for me to hone into my instincts understand myself and it also made me so resilient um, you know understanding myself and 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 wearing through you know this time where I felt the opportunities were lacking 
that's what made me who I am and that's what gave me the strength to start this business. So I, I will say that I think it's a really um, exciting time and, um, yes, there are challenges. Maybe those challenges are easier now. Um, but I will say that they are really important life lessons that set you up for amazing things down the track. Um, you know, that was my own experience. And I think, you know, perhaps me talking about it and people talking about it in this way might encourage other people to see motherhood through a different lens. It might encourage you to, you know, trust yourself and trust your instincts. And if you have that idea, um, you know, if you have that idea and if you've done the work, there's a point where you've got to take a leap. There's a point where you've got to back yourself. Um, you know, and what I'm telling you is like, I, I would encourage you if you've done the work and it stacks up, like jump off, take, take the leap. You make it sound so easy. No, it's not easy. <laughs> it is not easy. But um. Um, There's another question here. Um, thank you, Anita. You're, you're fantastic. You could be a journo instead of me today. What do we as a community show – how do we as a community show clear paths for the next generation of women in tech? Universities and schools only showcase the old world of tech roles. Tech roles today are sexy, impactful, and can change the world. How do we together get that message out to girls everywhere in Australia? Mairead. Oh, I would say, like, there are a couple of dimensions, like, you kind of, well, first off, like, having conferences such as this, I think that's a huge step forward, and, um, like, you kind of, you look at our kids in school, uh, in schools today, like, I have two girls, they're in school, and um, what, like, what we try and do now is, like, keep them in STEM classes, like, keep them in maths, keep them in, uh, get them uh, to do coding, um, and then, like, it, it also comes at home. Like um, my husband, he works at Google, like he's big on our two girls, like learning how to code and sort of really reinforcing that at home. Because what generally happens is kids or girls will start to drop out of the harder classes, which is, and so they, they, they drop out like in the high school area and then they don't go into universities. So I know for us in Atlassian, we really, we volunteer uh, to teach kids in school how to code. We then in um, in the universities, we also sort of give them graduate or give them internship programs. We try we try to uh, make sure we've got a balanced ratio of uh, girls, girls as well as uh, guys coming in, and then sort of making sure then when you're in the work environment, like uh, it's to um, like have programs to like continue to help uh, women in technology. I would say um, like for me, I try and mentor all uh, a lot of the new women joining at like um, for us, we're around 30% of our workforce is uh, women, but that's not enough. We should have total 50%, even 60%. And when you look at grads coming out today, there's only 18%, I believe, that are in STEM uh, classes, which is definitely not good because what happens is you then get, you don't get the diversity and thought in the way we build our products. And so what happens then is you get a very um, lopsided or bias um, sort of technology that doesn't uh, include all of uh, more rounded or diverse uh, opinions. So um, there were some of the, I don't know if you if you guys are doing anything. Yeah, we're, we're early days, so we're just growing quickly, trying to hire the people that we need. Um, we have quite a lot of 
diversity. It is close to around 50-50 and my, actually now my two Cs are both females. So we have a female executive team. Um, so, but as far as um, supporting and nurturing talent, um, <laughs> it's a bit unusual, but supporting and nurturing talent, you know, Emily um, is here today. She's a um, senior consumer product manager and um, we have a few female developers and I know they're, you know, looking at how they can be involved with, you know, she codes and different, you know, different programs. Um, but we're at this high growth stage. So it is around, um, you know, looking at diversity and, you know, looking at how we interview and how we hire and, you know, um, trying to keep that balanced. One of the things um, that you mentioned, Marie, is um, you need a diverse team because it's all around solving customers' problems. Mm. And you can't solve your customers' problems if you aren't like your customers. And our customers are not, you know, 10% female and 90% male. They are, you know, it's 50-50. So we're going to be best positioned to solve their problems if we're best reflecting who they are. And one of those things is gender diversity. Mm. So... And having the conversations that we're having today, don't you think? I, I was just thinking then as a mom, you know, we're told I've got a, do- a teenage daughter and we're told how to com- have the conversation now about body image, you know, don't whinge and moan that your pants are too tight and you're on a diet and, you know, make sure you have a positive message to your daughter about body image. And I was just thinking then that the way you're talking about it, we need to have that same conversation about different um, classes they do at school or, you know, I will put my hand up here in this seat secret room and say that I was hopeless at maths but try not to say that to my kids and yeah. you know make out that I had no idea and it, it didn't really matter in my world that it's all as important isn't it I feel like just even having this conversation today we're putting it out there that it matters and it's relevant to everybody oh for sure and I, like and it's really around I think a lot of the early example and the behavior like because kids yeah. look to kids look to you know obviously you, you a lot of a lot of us as parents know the kids uh, look to you as an example and so if you're reinforcing that yeah at home if your teachers mm. and schools are reinforcing they grow up with that mindset I would say a great book I actually read and I know they're doing it in the schools here now is all about that mi- growth mindset and it's really around like, hey, you, you've got to keep trying and keep learning from your failures or keep learning from, you know, you try this maths problem. There are X number of different ways to achieve that. And so how do you progress on and learn from each try? And it's the same. You, you then take that into that analogy into like with startups, it's sort of you will get failures along the way. Like there's no doubt, but it's more it's not to look at it as a failure it's like, hey, what's the growth I can get out of that in order to try again and again and again? And so that whole sort of mentality is quite, is quite big now in the tech industry. It's about approaching problems from a growth mindset. And they're teaching it in the schools because you, you need that all the way up, um, when, especially once you go into technology, because mm-hmm. you definitely won't get it right the first time. And all of us to see women like you both and know that it's it can be done and you can achieve amazing things. I would love to ask you both a piece of advice, whether you apply it in your life, whether somebody once gave it to you, but, and it doesn't even necessarily have to directly correlate to work. You know, often it's a little bit of life advice that kind of translates into so many areas. Catherine, what's something that you, that you hold dear that's been a bit of a lesson or that you apply in your day? Um, Okay. So mine is keep turning up. Um, So, you know, it's snakes and ladders. There's going to be days or years where you kind of feel like you're going, it's not working for you. There are going to be days where it's like, wow, life's amazing. But the winner 
is the most resilient. They're the one who just wakes up every, every day and just keeps on going. Um, and, and, you know, sometimes you don't feel like you can, but you can. And so it's not that exciting advice, but it's for me, it's just turn up. It's just keep turning up, keep turning up. You don't know if it's going to be your lucky day, um, you know, but just keep putting in the work, keep backing yourself and that's it. Hey, that's great <laughs> advice. Mairead, what's yours? I I would say follow what you're passionate about. Like sometimes I think you, um, and I know I've made this mistake in my career as well, sometimes you chase a title and you feel like, hey, if I just get that title, you know, I'll be so much better. And it's it, it, never, it never works, right? It's really around like follow what you're passionate about um, because the cream of the crop will always rise to the top. And then if you're passionate about something, Thing, you know, you want to solve a certain problem, people see that you will put in not only 100%, you'll put in the 120%. And it's people will naturally gravitate towards that. It's infectious. You really want to, you want to surround yourself with that. And so I would see like I'm um, very much, um, I, I sort of learned it later in life um, or later in my career. It's like, I love what I do. And I really um, sort of want to talk about it, like uh, want to uh, sort of like solve different problems. And so that um, energy, it sort of attracts, uh, it attracts more people into your team, more people into working with you and sort of, you know, getting to solve that problem with you. So, well, I, so I guess, yeah, it's really just um, focus on what you're passionate about, like titles, all of that really doesn't matter. I it's like infectious. Your whole face changed. <laughs> Did you notice? You just got so excited telling us that. So oh. I felt it. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. So true. Brilliant. Well, thank you. Thank you thank both. You, Thanks for, I don't know, giving us the, 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 the knowledge that we can do it, that take the leap, just jump, just go for it. It's fantastic. So please put your hands together. Moreto Donovan, Catherine McConnell, thank and you. congratulations on thank the business. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you both very much. That's all from us today at Westpac Wire. For more, head to westpacwire.com.au.